Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Let's check in with our favorite Husker NFLer and agent Jeremiah Searles with us at Searles71 underscore HSKR. He is all set to roll. And Searles, what do you know, man? Two weeks from today, it's uh, time to roll the sleeves up. Yeah, no, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to be in Minnesota for that game. I'm excited to watch. I'm just excited to watch new football. I'm so tired of watching old tape and watching old games and I mean, it's the preseason is just like this little titillating taste right on your tongue, right? You're just like, it's right there, but it's not really real. Like, it's not really real. Like, we're so close to Saturday and Sundays in the fall that are just the best. It is. 12 of them. And, you know, what makes you feel better about this year with Nebraska? Uh, where do you think the guys could look better? Yeah, you know, I think for me, the thing that makes me – more excited and optimistic for this year is being around coach rule seeing how he runs practice seeing the standard that he holds guys accountable to and just seeing the way that he's building his culture you know i I know that culture doesn't always turn over to wins right away right it's not a if we build the culture then we will win right away right a culture is a long time to build it takes years to get your guys in to guys buy into your culture but in the short stint that i've seen rule through the spring through training camp I do think that he's building the right culture. And so as the guys buy in, as the guys get used to it, and as they get developed more with a lot of the young guys that I saw, that's when we're going to have a lot of our success. And I do think we could see some early success this year just if guys stay the course and take care of the football. It's Jeremiah Searles with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Searles, culture has been a a big buzzword all offseason long. And whenever you you look at that culture, what what do you think – I, I know I've already asked you before, what does good culture look like in this season? But what does that, that build of culture look like as the season goes on? Because you're not going to have it ready to go for game one. If this culture is still continuing to grow as the year goes on, what do you think that looks like? You know, I think that that's something that everyone's going to have to learn as they go, right? People now understand the culture that Coach Rule sets for spring ball. They understand the culture that Coach Rule sets for summer conditioning and for training camp. Now, how does he handle it during the season, right? It's up to everyone to learn about that. They have to be able to be willing to say, hey, I'm going into this blind. You're going into this blind. Like, we're going to grow and learn together how we game plan, how we prep throughout the week. What's the pregame ritual like? Like, all that stuff is going to be a learning curve and a learning experience that people on the outside don't understand. Like, when you're going into a game week, it's a a routine-based thing. You do the same thing 12 weeks in a row. But when you've never done that one thing with the coach, with the team, like, it's a learning process. Right. And then how do you handle halftime adjustments? Right. How do you handle when blows up on the sideline? How do you come together and say, whoa, settle everyone? How do we like get up and down? Right. That's all a learning process that just takes time and reps. And when you only get 12 of them a year, you know, that's just something that's hard to replicate. So I do think there's going to be some grow in that. But I just want to see guys that don't, don't panic. That's my biggest thing. Can we talk about how Searles only three minutes in here and Searles is already making me use the delay dump button? 
That's I love not it. a bad word. That's not, not a bad word. Not on most podcasts, but when you're no, on the radio. That's fair. If you watch, my, if you watch the O-line committee, that's the least of the things. No, that I, 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 I get it. It's, I not get a, it. Uh, it's not a bad word on a look in. It's, it's becoming less and less of a bad word, but not according to the FCC. It, so will, be, uh, it will be beaten uh, within an inch of our life if, if we have two of them in a year. So That's fair. That's, that's fine. No, that's, you're that's good. That's on me. No, that's you're, you're, you're right. Searles Gasser. Get passionate about hey, it, all right? Good thing I am a great producer in here that is on top of my game i had the bleep ready to go and you, you nailed it so with the offensive line at this point in the season or the the, the preseason rather do you have a, a feel on on what could be a strength or a bread and butter last time we talked earlier this summer you know what kind of run team can you be that was a topic of discussion uh your lines at nebraska were really good at, at finding ways to to be pretty you know, you were athletic, you were big, you could open holes between the tackles, but you also had backs that could get to the outside. So there was really a, a, a pretty uh, various attack by your run game when you played. Yeah. You know, looking at this offensive line and, you know, hearing some of the praises that are coming out of camp for the guys inside, right? Ben Scott, Nuri, Ethan Piper. Like that makes me really think that we're going to want to be an inside run team. Right, an inside a gap type of run team, whether that's inside zone, whether that's power, whether that's a a, a mid zone. Like I think the strength of our line is obviously our middle three. So let's make sure that we run behind those guys. Not saying nothing against Ben Hart, nothing against Turner, nothing against those guys. But like I haven't heard as much. Like man, look at the way those guys are rolling dudes off the ball, right? So I think that we're going to be more of an inside run scheme, and I think that we're going to do it a lot because also Gabe Irvin and Anthony Grant are more power hitters. Mm-hmm. Right, they do have the chance to bounce it outside, but I think those guys are gonna be most successful when they just trust it inside, right? Four yard run, four yard run. And then that four yard run turns into a six yard run, and then the fourth quarter he breaks the tackle of a safety and he's off to the races. I think that's gonna be the recipe for success for this run game. I do think we'll sprinkle some stuff outside, whether it's a pitch play or a pin and pull, but I don't think we're gonna make a living on the outside runs. How about quarterback run? Uh what's the right number there? And and Rule told us Listen, uh, it, it's going to be more quality versus quantity. That's my read into it. You don't want to get your quarterback killed. But mm-hmm. you had a big dude that's a difference maker and can be in the red zone. Yeah, you know, I think I don't think he's going to have a ton of just true designed quarterback runs. I think a lot of Jeff Sims' runs are going to be off of reads and also off of just making things happen, mm-hmm. right? Like I think it's like a play breaks down and he's in the I mean, How many times do we see that with Adrian and with Taylor and with Tommy, right? Like, they can just create, right? If it's man coverage and they send a blitz and all of a sudden the receivers are running and all of a sudden everyone's back's turned, he can put his foot in the ground and gain 15, 20, 30 mm-hmm. yards, right? I think you'll see a lot of that. I don't necessarily think you're going to see a lot of like QB powers, QB sweeps, like those type of things because we have such a good running back room. Like let those dudes take the beating, right? Those dudes are, that's what they're built for. That's what you pay them their money for. Like that's fine. I think that you're right. In the red zone, you might see a couple gadget more of because when you have the quarterback run, you gain an extra blocker, right? So you can have some more leverage on those things. But I think just out in the open field, it's going to be more of a creative or if he has a good read to pull it and run. So would you say, Searles, and your guy with experience here, that, that Jeff Sims, his utilization in the offense is going to be more Josh Allen than Lamar Jackson? Or maybe you have a better NFL comparison there in terms of what Jeff Sims could be for this offense in terms of utilization. But whenever I think of less designed quarterback run, you know what? You got man coverage backs returned. You're going to take off. That reminds me of Josh Allen. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, that's, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. You know, I want to say, 
Uh, that that's probably a good one. Yeah, where it's not designed, but he can just make stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Right, he just creates. You know, kind of like the early Cam Newton days. Sure. Right, the early Cam Newton, or even Andrew Luck. Right, like Andrew Luck was a great one where you didn't anticipate him taking off, but all of a sudden he took off and run, and you're like, oh, dude's got some wheels. Sneaky athletic, then, right? But then he ended up dying because he got hit a hundred billion times. Right. But like, yeah, I think that's a good comp of a Josh Allen. He does that definitely doesn't have the arm of Josh Allen, but that's neither here nor there. Not many do. Yep. Jeremiah Searles with us, Hale Varsity Radio, uh, talking to Coach Barnett about fights. And I want to go there because uh, social media was in love with the Buff Rumble yesterday. Was there a uh, no holds barred uh, Royal Rumble type moment from your time at Nebraska between the oh, offense yeah. and defense? Tell me about oh. the, a memorable fight. Spring ball 2011, 2010. Spring ball 2010. It started during one-on-ones, right? O-line and D-line got chippy during one-on-ones. There was a few bright, like fights during the one-on-one period, and Bo came over and was like, none of that anymore, none of that, right? And so then all of a sudden we get to the next team period, and Kenny Bell catches a ball over the middle, and Harvey Jackson just, just kills him, right? <laughs> Bang! Right in the middle, just murders him. So you see all five O linemen run over to Harvey, and we just start kicking the crap out of him. Like I, I remember Spencer's like hammer fisting on the face mask, <laughs> like Quali's trying to drag a leg off, and then it was just mayhem. Right? And you? I mean, and you? Every, oh yeah, I was. I was on. I was. I mean, I was. I think I was jumping on top of everyone. Okay. Right, and then it was just full melee. Right, whole bench clears, offense, defense. It's just. It's just a mayhem. We finally get it all broken up, and Bo kicks. Kenny and Harvey out of practice. Then he kicks all the media out of practice. And he's like, you guys just want to fight, huh? Fine. We'll just pencil roll. And we ended up pencil rolling like 700 <laughs> yards. People were throwing up everywhere. Like Brandon Kenny wasn't right for like three days. Like in, we never had another big melee fight after that. Cause Bo's like, fine. You want to waste my practice time? Then we'll just roll. We'll just roll. We'll just roll and roll and roll. And like you're rolling. He didn't stop you. If you like got off track, you just kind of like rolled into the wall and you had to get back up. Oh, it was miserable. Yeah, I'll never forget. This would have been a year later. Uh, I came and watched practice. Patrick Pliny was on my youth football team. So we got to go watch practice once a year. And that was Michael Rose's freshman year, his red shirt year. And there's goal line activity. Uh, going down, so it's like inside the five-yard line, a lot of power run, and I think it was Kenny Bell hit a crackback block on him that he took exception to, and a mini melee started until the coaches start yelling something about, there's kids here, you guys really going to do this in front of the kids? (laughs) And uh, that seemed to break it up pretty well, and Michael Rosario is steaming heading to the side, but uh, that was my my one time seeing a college football fight and being like, I'm not sure I'm built for this. Did did Carl ever get after the offensive coordinator or O-line coach. Oh, Barney, Barney, Barney and Carl. And, yeah, Barney, tell me this. Barney and Carl almost went to blows many a time. Who are you right? betting on? I mean, in that time, Barney. Now, not Barney. Right? <laughs> Barney's broken now. I love Barney, but he's broken. But, like, back then, Barney was like, don't you ever yell at my guys. Like, he'd get after him and they'd be belly bumping. And, yeah, they, they got after it. Kaz and Garrison got after it a couple times. Kaczynski and Garrison got after it a little bit my senior year. How about that? Um, Who are you betting on there? I don't Garrison probably. I don't know. They're both crazy. Like they both <laughs> would be biting and scratching and clawing and like one pull a shank out from somewhere. Like <laughs> from socks. they're both they're both yeah they're both nuts. But yeah, the coaches definitely got after it a little bit too. Searles, was there anyone on the team that you know what if uh, if a brawl was going to get underway, you were going to avoid the hell out of them because you knew you were going to get beat up? No, 
when you have a helmet on, you're you're indestructible. When you have a helmet and you're 320 pounds, like, what's gonna hurt you? Like, seriously, like, and that was kind of the mentality. He was always like, yeah, I mean, I'm the biggest one out here. Like, nothing's gonna hurt me. Now, in a fist fight, street fight, yeah, there's plenty of guys that I wasn't going up against. But helmet <laughs> on, everything, everyone's game. What about Sue? Did he throw people? Around. I watched, I mean, I watched Sue, Sue punch someone in the back of the head and knocked him clean out cold one game. And he woke up as he hit the ground. So, and then they sent him on a lap and then he came back and finished practice because Bo was like, I need him. So <laughs> yeah, Sue could, uh, Sue could fight with the best of them. Huh. How about NFL training camp? Only in the joint practices. They, they always happen in the joint practices and it's always day two. It's always day two. Cause here's what happens in day one. You go into camp, and everyone's like, hey, no fighting. We're here to get better, yada, yada, yada. And then, like, something happens during camp where the offense has a better day or the defense has a better day or whatever it is. And then you get into meetings that night, and your coach is just like, oh, so we're just going to let them walk all over us, huh? Yeah, we're just going to let them. Yeah, we're just going to let them practice. It's not about us. It's about them, right? And so the coach just kind of gasses you up. And then you go out there day two, and it starts to fester. And all it takes, it's just a powder keg. Like, like you've seen it. It's just one extra shove. Like, it's not like a big deal. It's like one extra shove and then game on. We had a big fight in Cincinnati. Adam Thielen tried to fight Pac-Man Jones, and we were all like, Adam, you don't you don't want those problems, buddy. Like, that <laughs> dude that dude will rip your teeth out, right? And we all kind of, like, pulling Adam away because we're like, we don't want you to die. We need you this year. But, like, yeah, that was the big fight against Cincinnati. Now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jeremiah Searles with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Searles, uh, when we look at, at Minnesota and Nebraska back to, to two weeks from today, mm. yeah, what what type of game do you think this is going to be? Is this thing going to be a 17-14 deal? We'll revisit, obviously, before kickoff, but I'm just wondering here, is Nebraska early on going to have to be leaning on the defense, or do you think there's enough with the offense they can – Maybe even go heavy with a couple of tights and two backs. I mean, Minnesota's going to want to play Minnesota football, which is boring, control the clock, stay ahead of the sticks football, right? And I think that that's what they're going to come out and try and do because they're not real sure what Tony White's going to have for them. Like, mm-hmm. they do have a slight advantage that they played Syracuse in the bowl game last year, mm-hmm. right? So they, they have seen this defense, you know, but it's going to be a completely different defense with different bodies, guys everywhere. So I think they're just going to try and come out and be like, hey, we're just going to run what we do well which is just zone and RPO, right? Just Mm -hmm. mid-zone, mid-zone, RPO, mid-zone, RPO. But I think if we can get them behind the sticks with creating negative plays, then I think we'll have a chance. I do think that this is going to be a probably like 17 to 21 game Mm -hmm. just because the possessions are going to be limited, right? This isn't going to be a back and forth shootout just because that's not how Minnesota plays football, right? I do think that with our offense, we're going to cause some issues for them just because their up front isn't great this year. They have a really good secondary, but Mm -hmm. their front seven is young. But I do think the strength of their offense is their running back room. So the running back room, they have a mobile quarterback. So I do think they're going to have a chance to, to make some things happen. But again, they're just going to keep it very, very vanilla, very boring. How conservative do you anticipate Nebraska's offense being? Or is that even a concern right now? Because you've got, you got an athlete like Sims. I would assume you'd, you'd, you'd let him do his thing. But you've you, you got to worry about turnovers at the quarterback spot. It's been an issue for Nebraska for a long time. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think you, we're not in a position to hold anything back, right? I think we're in a position that we, we got to empty the clip, right? If we're going to go out and win every single week, we're going to need everyone at their best firing on all cylinders. And that just means putting Jeff Sims in good situations, right? We don't want Jeff Sims throwing the football 50 times a game, right? That's not a winning formula for Nebraska. 
if he can throw between 18 and 25 times a game and be in that 15 to 17 percent or 17 completions, mm-hmm. that's a win, right? That means that we controlled the clock, we threw on third down, and they were good balls. But as soon as we get him throwing 30, 35 times a game, then that's not a good recipe for Nebraska. It's Jeremiah Searles with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, two weeks out from kickoff between Minnesota and Nebraska. And Searles, whenever you look at that game, just tell me from from our vantage point now, two weeks out, which position group do you think is going to have the most pressure on them to go have a good game? The type of position group where Nebraska's really, really going to struggle to, to get a W should that position group struggle? D-line. D-line, man. I mean, against Minnesota, they are a smash mouth up front. We know we're going to run the football. You know we're going to run the football. Stop it. And, you know, looking at our defensive line, we have some good bodies up there, but our depth is going to be tested and tested early. And it's young depth, right? It's not proven depth. Like, yeah, we've seen them in training camp, but what do they do when the lights is on and everyone's watching, right? Like, that's going to be a position group because I have a lot of faith in our linebacker core. You know, I have a lot of faith in that DB room, which is weird for me to say because I hate DBs. But that D-line group's <laughs> got to be going to step up and, and hold on to make sure that those linemen aren't getting free runs out of there. How can Tony White and the other guys in that defense, the linebackers in the defensive back room, as you said, how can they take some pressure off of that defensive line? The biggest thing is if they get a chance for a TFL, they can't miss, mm. right? If you get a chance and you get a clean shot and you, you're blitzing and you get a clean, like you can't, you can't allow a, a missed tackle for a TFL, right? If you get a chance to get them behind the sticks, get them down, no missed tackles, like that's going to be a big thing to help take some pressure off that defensive line. Searles, we'll talk uh, closer to kickoff. Thanks for making time, dude. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Go Big Red.